Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Welcome back to another week of the podcast. This will be the last podcast for 2017. So um, thanks for joining us, staying with us for the journey. We won't have any podcasts released in January, so we'll be back in February 2018. You can obviously still listen to the library that uh, we have on iTunes or the Facebook page, The Salvation Army Candidates Australia. Now, for our last episode for the year, I've invited my friends Matt and Fiona Keane into the studio. Hello. Woo-hoo. And uh, we actually have nothing to talk about. Nothing at all. Not true. We, Not true. We, we're actually going to do a show about nothing and a show about everything. <laughs> so uh, we, we prayed before and we said, what, what are we going to talk about? So have you, have you got a, an idea to kick us off, Fiona? Um, I, I guess I was just thinking, I don't even, I don't know why we could talk about this, but um, I was just thinking of some of the exciting things that have happened this year in our ministry and the most exciting, one of the most exciting ones just happened this week. Um, and I think it's about reaching into our community. Our, mm. We just hired a new thrift shop manager um, and we've been praying about it for a long time, funnily enough, because our current thrift shop manager is about to go to training college. Yes, Alice. Yeah. So, um, She know. likes to be called The Edge. The Edge. The edge. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Her Start last name's Edge, but she prefers to be called The Edge. <laughs> Start calling her that. Alice The Edge. Um, no, just uh, The Edge. Okay, sorry. And I guess just the way God always has things in control, I think I, or maybe I can't speak for Matt, but I started really stressing about, you know, how are we going to fill this whole, we really worked hard on, um, we really wanted our thrift shop to be an extension of our core. And um, yeah, we've been praying for a long time about a thrift shop manager and then, I shouldn't be surprised, but God's just delivered. Um, so this week? Just Well, last week we hired her, didn't yeah, we? Great. Interviewed and hired yeah. last week and he's Good. just dropped her on our doorstep. And um, and she loves the Lord. She's a Christian. We've done the we, we've done the uh, non-Christian manager before. And look, she did a good job, but it wasn't really, uh, you know, there wasn't any connection to ministry in the core. And it was, in the end, it was quite, difficult to deal with and sometimes frustrating. So we um, we deliberately prayed that God would send someone who's capable on the retail side, but at the same time, you know, in love with the Lord and uh, concerned about the kingdom and all that. And yeah, she seems to be ticking every single box. So we're really enthused about that. Let me ask you then, as core officers who have obviously staff, what's it like managing staff in a core? Oh. And who does it between the both of you? Do you share? Um, we probably share it, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we don't have different, lots. We, we share different parts of that job. Yeah. So um, we we really only have, well, we oversee our doorways manager who yep. also is a um, actually a soldier at our core. Great. So that is, I think, the best way for it to be. Um, and so then we, and then we have our um, full-time manager at the thrift shop. And yeah, we probably take on different roles, I guess, mm. depending on our strengths. Um, so yeah, I think we probably do that together in a sense. And mm. and I guess we we just have open relationships where, um, you know, we call them, they call us whenever, you know, whenever there's something that needs to be done. And yeah. Cool. So we're deep into December. Yeah. Yep. And it's the end of the year sort of thing. And Coming to its end, yeah. What's, what's it like being a core officer over a 12-month 
sort of period, like with the the highs and the lows of seasonal stuff. So like you think of Easter, which is a really important time for us, you know, Red Shield, which is an important time for us. Yeah. Um, other sort of season things. And now obviously Christmas. What For people listening who are exploring ministry or thinking about it, or, and a lot of people who listen to the podcast actually are in ministry, yep. which I've so, sort of discovered. Um, so you might be able to speak into that. Like what, how do you ride those seasons out? What do you do? I think sometimes. Oh, no, actually, oh, sorry. Go back. which is your most important season? For us, I don't know. I'd, for me, I, I've always preferred Easter. What about you, Fiona? What's your favourite season? Um, I think my favourite is Easter, but there's I, I do really enjoy Christmas, and I guess Christmas is a longer period where, um, I, yeah, personally I enjoy Easter, but I guess from a work point of view there is... From ministry. Even from, yeah, from ministry point of view, there is far more opportunity to connect in with your local community at Christmas because Easter, people, it's like it's a shorter time that the general, the general public would celebrate it, I guess. Whereas Christmas, um, lots of people want to get in and help, and you know, are more, almost more willing to, I guess, roll up their sleeves and do things, and you can actually, yeah, I think have a greater impact at Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Uh, although I kind of. I don't think I disagree, but like I know what you mean. However, we certainly noticed that you're able to be more forthright with the gospel around Easter. People almost yeah. expect it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think just I just meant the time, yeah. probably the time frame. Like you can you can bang on about Christmas the whole of December, if <laughs> yeah. not before. Yeah. But Easter, you've kind of got of just August. a limited. Yeah, some people <laughs> yeah, right. shops are out in you know. Just, yeah. Well, so it, like September? we we got together with a, with all of the local churches or the ones that would get involved, mostly evangelical churches, and the at last Easter. Uh, at Easter. Yeah. Uh, and the last two years in a row, we had a massive like evangelical you know, preach the gospel service where, you know, more than a thousand people showed up in the public park. So, so do, it's they almost do one like at Christmas ca- as well? No, yeah, uh, yeah it's like a carol. Different yeah. group of churches. This was specifically just talking about the cross, talking about, you know, what Jesus came to do, that yeah. he's the savior. And we had, you know, Muslims, Sikhs, Buddhists, uh, you know, all pe- member of the community, Heaps of people that were there. We were handing out tracts. We were handing out Bibles. So Easter allows you to be really direct, I think. I think people just expect it. You know, this is the the central Christian message. So although Christmas seems to be more, like you said, you can draw in the community to be involved Mm. because it's Christmas, certainly with kids. But uh, Easter, uh, I would say, certainly gives you more of a, a, a laser beam opportunity. I guess gospel. maybe what we're saying is those two things are our favourite times of year. Yeah, because you did ask that. Yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Do you want to know our least favourite time of year? Yeah, go on. <laughs> I can tell you. Okay. I don't know if we're allowed to say it. Sure we can. Red Shield Appeal. <laughs> <laughs> we love the work the Red Shield Appeal does, but it is love that it. it's, that's just a really hard, busy time. Yeah. I think Christmas is busy, busier probably almost because it goes on longer. But, I think last year you But Red wished... Shield is just... You wish to be in labour again instead of Red Shield, but it's pretty extreme. I think one of the things with Red Shield, though, is that, you know, we talk about it being a Red Shield weekend. Yeah. But I don't know any core or anyone that does it over a weekend. It goes for weeks. For a long time. And it's a long time to lead up. I mean, and you're right, Fiona, that there is, everyone understands the work of it. It's cool. It's great kind of connecting and stuff, but it's just a slog and it takes you away from other things. Yeah. So, yeah. 
What's your biggest mistake you made this year? Oh. I don't make any. There it is right there. there. You go. <laughs> well, there's yours. Yeah. <laughs> it is um, hard to be humble. Uh, no, there's, there's a lot. How do, how do you... The oh. biggest one. No, I just think like as an officer, you know, and, and I, to be transparent in this, like it's you... It's not always we always, we we make mistakes, and yeah. I think for people in ministry, yeah, they think, oh, I wish I'd do that again, or mm. I wouldn't have done that. Is there any? Um, I can't think of. There's one of, that. Oh, uh, well, there's oh, one. It's a go. different kind of mistake, I guess. Okay. Like, it's not really a. Uh, I've I've spoke about it before. I've used it in sermon illustrations. Right. A guy came in to our core three years in. It was about three years in. And, uh, we're, we're seven years in now, just to yeah, yeah. put into so, perspective. Yeah, so um, he he was a man. He was elderly. He was about eighty-ish, eighty-three or something. I forget. Uh, and I saw him a few times before. And he came in to the church uh, early Sunday morning, somewhere around quarter to ten. And our meeting was going to be in about forty-five minutes. And when he came in, he said uh, he just needed a bit of assistance. A uh, little bit of practical support. And, oh, of course, I was glad to give him a few bags of groceries and stuff that he needed. And then I said, um, why don't you stick around in like just over a half hour? We're going to have church. Why don't you stay around? And he made this joke and he said, uh, if if I come in, uh, the roof will probably collapse. I'm so rotten. Yeah. And I kind of, and he was joking, like said it with a bit of a chuckle. Mm. And, uh, and I laughed, like joked along with him, said, ah, you know, I'm sure you're not that bad. Ha, ha, ha. And he said, uh, I said, well, anyway, come back whenever you want. And he was like, yep. And he left. And um, th- I've never let that go because I think he's dead now. And, um, you know, I had, I, I let that opportunity walk. That guy knew he was bad. And I joked along with him instead of, you know, telling him that Jesus died for him and that he loves him and that he can have salvation. Uh, so uh, actually, we, you kind of hit a chord there, Matt. That one haunts me, that mm-hmm. story. Uh, I never let it happen again, but I don't know I don't know what that stupid mistake meant for that man eternally, and it bothers me. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I can't think of a, a glaringly obvious one, um, but... I think of those, those little probably missed opportunities. Like I could say I've made, because I have made mistakes in I haven't handed some paperwork in on time perhaps or I may have forgotten to return an email or those kind of things. But the ones that um, mm. have more meaning for me are yeah. the little conversations that, yeah, I've just maybe missed the opportunity to say something or even maybe to do something for somebody that I, I maybe could have said differently or I, I could have added to the conversation um, that might have, yeah, maybe made a bit more of spiritual impact for them. So, yeah, they're probably the ones that, that yeah, that are a bit sad to think about. Yeah. But Just what you were saying, Matt, when we were in Adelaide, yep. um, we used to run this chapel service on a Saturday night and it was made up of predominantly people that were rough sleepers, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a really, it was a mixed bag kind of thing. Mm. And, and so we'd have the meal and then we'd do this chapel service. And I remember one year, um, one of the girls, she was at my age, actually, she died. Mm. And she used to come a, occasionally to the, mm. the chapel service. And I think similarly, I think we, we always, you make this assumption that they'll always come back. Mm. Yeah. You know, they, they go through these highs and these lows of life. And um, and when you 
shared that story, I, I, I was reminded of Emma mm. because I thought actually, yeah, we just assume that they know, come back. They come back. Got yeah. time. It is hard. So time is not something you're guaranteed. No, but there, there is the urgency. Or we would say the urgency of sharing the gospel, sharing our our faith, and yeah. but then there's these other this other track in our life where it's actually we've got to go and pick up the hampers, we've got to go and drop off the boxes, we've got to, you know. But we're all about yeah the gospel. We we um, last couple of podcasts we talked to people who have done uh, just been through Covenant Day. Oh yeah. You know, talked about how how you live out the covenant. Um, you know, to care for people to. Love the unlovable, and, and and one of the one of the guys picked it up and said, actually, no one's unlovable. Mm. No one's. Unlovable. So how do you love people that are difficult to love? How do you love people? And I think for me that was that was a that's that story. That's Emma for me. That she was difficult, um, but yeah, maybe we on reflection, maybe that's the same kind of thing. But but the work of the Spirit is better than us. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the Holy Spirit, uh, you know. His love is for everyone. But the person who said no one's unlovable, I mean, that's quaint and easy to say. But well, who's unlovable? No, I mean, I get it. No one is technically unlovable for God. But let's just say if you uh, have a woman that uh, was sexually abused uh, by her uncle and then you tell her, well, no one's unlovable. That's a quaint and easy thing to say, but for her to say "I love my uncle" is, can only be a work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I'm saying from so from, a, from, a, from a I get, from I get what you're saying, but there are some people that yeah. for that person individually, yes. yeah, you know, difficult to love is an understatement yeah. in some cases. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit has to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. Take, okay, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to pick a fight. <laughs> don't. We'll fire. No, I don't. Oh. I don't really mean. To I'll do take that. you down the car park. Um, Have you stolen your child's Bible? It's got no, your... it's my Bible. Oh, no, they got, got their names oh, in they it. got stickers for the lunchboxes, so oh. they decided to stick them all over okay. my. Do you That's read? Right. Do you read a, a picture Bible? <laughs> Is that a picture Bible? Comic and book. I've got ca- crayons and I stick on. <laughs> Josh, Sorry. this is the part that I was referring to. It says, uh, to love, this is the obviously the covenant part, yep. to love, trust, and serve him supremely all my days, to live to win souls and make their salvation the first purpose of my life. Yeah. And in a really busy world, and I think uh, even thinking about people in college, you know, that is still the covenant, uh, even as soldiers that we make that covenant um, to do that, to care for the poor, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, love the unlovable, to befriend those who have no friends. And to maintain the doctrines, I reckon that's a. How do you do officership with the background of all that other stuff that we have to do? Keeping this, this is what we sign. Yeah. To say these are the important things for us: the salvation of souls. Yeah. I mean, we were just actually talking on, on the way here in the car. I don't even know what about, but uh, I was saying that when you focus on that, when you are making salvation of souls, the first priority of your life, when you're actually focused on that, everything else seems, it actually becomes quite easy and it, and yeah, everything it flows else, out of it. Yep. yeah, everything else flows out of it and it makes the most sense. When you're living officership, when you're living your life as an officer focused on that, yep. it all makes sense. But when you start trying to do all those other things and you forget that, that's when there's just so many things to mm. juggle that it just is like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, so coming back to that, I think that's what you got to do. Somehow remind yourself of that or um, otherwise, yeah, it's it's too hard if you don't. For me, the the uh, I think the 
greater frustration is when I'm uh, now okay. Um, the greater frustration for me is when I'm working alongside uh, another minister, a Christian minister who doesn't share the same priority. That's that's what's most frustrating. I, I like I get sometimes. Uh, and I'll only speak for myself, I won't speak for my darling wife, but, um, you know, that priority to win souls, you can get distracted from that from time to time. I think if I was to be honest, that happens. Um, but ultimately, it's the pinnacle, it's the, the major pillar in why I do everything as an, as an officer. What's most frustrating is when I meet fellow officers that um, couldn't, really um, express the same kind of loyalty to that priority, then I find that there's conflict uh, within my own ministry, within my own organization. And I, I don't think I'm saying anything that we don't all know, that if, it, you know, you're going to find, um, you're going to find that not everybody shares your 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 devotion and all that kind of stuff. But that for me is the most frustrating when, you know, I'm living to bring people to the Lord Jesus and, and, and doing everything I possibly can to bring a person into a relationship with the living God. Um, and then, uh, you know, I roll up um, next to somebody wearing the same color epaulets uh, that couldn't care less. That's the most frustrating thing for me, and that happens sometimes, but um, uh, I think, well, maybe I've talked enough about the same point. That's frustrating for me. Mm. Yeah. So, National Vision Time. Do you want to hear a funny thing first? Yes. So, well, it's not really funny at all. Speaking of, you know, just maybe not being on the same page as people. So, we have a carol service that we often... Um, we don't run, um, but we'd been invited beautifully every, for the last year, yeah. couple of years to um, our church isn't, like I said, involved in the planning. But Matt and I had been invited to do the kids segment the last couple of years. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah, the kids segment was the only part of the whole carol service, apart from the obvious lyrics about Jesus and yeah. the carols that actually... Which weren't many. Which, anyway. Yeah. It's a very secularly directed carol service. Right. Can I tell my story now? Yes, you can. Thank you. You've had your t chance. Um, so anyway, this last couple of years, we've done this kids segment and we've obviously talked about Jesus and the gospel. And um, this year we just, you know, we're waiting for the email to come and we got the email only like maybe last week and it said, oh, um, thank you for what you've done in the past, but we're not going to um, <laughs> have you this year because we've decided to get a clown instead. <laughs> So now in a carol service, <laughs> there's no presentation of. We're not really sure how to feel about that one. Oh, I can tell you how to feel about it. Oh, okay, so you got clipped. Yeah, clipped basically. to the clown. So did you do anything that was? Well, no. is this, is this Sunday you, night? Everyone loved it. No, but did you wander off the reservation last year and people thought, what no, is no, going no, on? No, no, no. I actually had a mum at school the other day say to me out of the blue, oh, are you, you going to be at the carols because it's on this week? Are oh, you going to yeah, be yeah. at the carols on Sunday night? Are you going to do your thing? And mum, I don't really know. I don't yeah. actually even know her name. And I had to say to her, oh, um, no, actually we're not. But if not you sign my petition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So anyway. Yeah, okay. So there you so, go. Drop wow. for the clown. Ah. Anyway. So are you, Oh, sorry. Are you doing it? Are doing you, what? The clown? 
Uh, am I doing the clown? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because when I saw it, Who I was even like, "Likes clowns? I don't even like clowns." Uh, well, most well, kids I was gonna write back and be like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "All three of my kids are afraid of clowns, so we probably won't be there." <laughs> anyway, anyway, all right. So matter. we just talked a little bit about the covenant stuff. Yes, and so stuff. I want to read to you. Uh, oh, sorry, me- I've memorized it. The uh, national vision statement. It says, "Wherever there is hardship or injustice, salvos will be there. Love." Well, sorry, salvos will. Sorry, hang on, let's do that again. <laughs> Wherever there is hardship or injustice, salvos will live, love, and fight alongside others to transform Australia one life at a time with the love of Jesus. Can I ask you, as officers in Altona, been there for seven years, eight years, eighth year coming up, how how do you see that working? I mean, you're talking about the sort of interactions you're having with the community, sort of stuff that's taking off. Or is that what you said at the start? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about Christmas. Yeah, Yeah, lots of of involvement. Are you already doing that? That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Wherever wherever there's a need, the salvo's there, where there's um, people that are needing the love of Jesus, that you're already there. So do you want to, I don't know, can you add to anything? Um, Yeah, I I guess, yeah, part of me just thinks we're already, like our core is quite healthy. Um, We're Mm. connected in our community. I'd say we're, we we see soul says we've had soldiers made this year. We're sending somebody to college. Yep. Um, so I'd say that we already see we're already seeing our community, our church, um, being transformed by by Jesus. Mm. Um, and and that's really exciting. I think we're quite uh, we're quite multi ethnic too. Our core, like um, so, does your core reflect? The, the people community? who live in the neighbourhood, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you come to our core, you you won't find a dominant skin colour, which is what I like. You know, first when we went there, it was probably leaned more towards Caucasian, Australian, silver white hair. But now, I mean, you'll find Africans, you'll find Persians, you'll find Indians, you'll Filipinos. find Filipinos, you'll find all kinds Chinese. You know, all we've kinds a, of different. Got a Hungarian. <laughs> Hungarian Jew, yeah. Uh, Hungarian Jew. <laughs> so, who loves the Lord Jesus with all her heart? Um, so, our core has seen heaps Dutch. of growth. Yeah, the Dutch. <laughs> anyway, English, <laughs> English, English. Yes, we've got, yes. a we've got some English, got a couple English, Scottish. Yeah. Uh, so, our core has seen heaps of growth, and we certainly reflect our community. We've seen heaps of different faiths desert, or people of different faiths desert their faith and come to, or th- their original faith and come to know the Lord Jesus personally. Heaps of Muslims giving their heart to the Lord, renouncing the Quran and the teachings of Muhammad and Allah and Islam to declare that Jesus is their God and King. And that's so powerful. And that all came only as a result of the gospel, just the gospel, nothing else. So you didn't do a specific ministry? No. Well, we reach. opened up ministry doors that yeah. that were needed as as God was like. For example, we found uh, an influx of asylum seekers and refugees, and we just said, "Look, we'd be silly not to do something for this people that God is clearly bringing mm. to us." I mean, we weren't going out looking for people. Are you an asylum seeker? Are you a refugee? They were just coming to us. Actually, it kind of started with, there was about, we were going to, this is, uh, I was pregnant with Eli, so I guess it was probably four years ago. We did a um, alpha course, a couple of people within the core. It'd never been run at the core and they said, oh, we'd love to try alpha. And we're always like, sure, why not? Mm. Let's try it. Um, so we had a group, there was about 10 who were signed up for the alpha course. And then we had a 
um, through our doorways, as we said, it's a real vital part of our core mm-hmm. ministry yeah. run by a soldier um, and she's always, you know, inviting people. inviting people to come to church and they often do. Anyway, so there were, she had about six who were interested in this alpha. Uh, they were all from um, Iran, Iran, all spoke Farsi, and we mm. were like, okay, well, let's let's run this Alpha in Farsi as well as English. And, of course, we had no one to run it. So mm. Matt was I, like... Let, let me interject for a second. I guess you so. Didn't, well, you didn't tell a large part of the story. I might, I've been, I might not have finished yet. I don't... Well, you... Okay, Okay, off you go. So I've been praying... No fighting. No fighting. No, no, no. I've been praying uh, for about a month prior to that because God just laid on my heart, I really want to reach Muslims. Yeah, that's uh, true. I had this... Uh, I don't know where it came from, but all of a sudden I just felt this yearning in my heart to to reach Muslim people um, because they're lovable people. They're very, very they're kind. Not, and They're not unlovable. No, no, not at all. But anyway. Can, and, I, move, can I go on there? Yes. Uh, anyway, so I was praying for, yeah. I said to the Lord, I showed you uh, in my, because uh, I journal my prayers. I said, Lord, I'd, I want to see at least six Muslims come into our core ministry anyway, and then Fiona comes yeah. and tells me. So we had this, um, there were six who were interested in doing it, so we had no one to do it. So Matt was like, you know, Googling Farsi Alpha and somebody, maybe Noble Park had done it. And anyway, so he'd finally found these videos that were apparently Alpha in Farsi. Didn't really know if that's what it was, yeah. but we were just praying that they were. <laughs> I looked up the guy and he seems and, to be um, legit- legitimate. Yeah. So anyway, the night we were supposed to start... Um, in walks, you know, we, we'd prepared dinner. In walks our, you know, 10 people from the core. Some of them were new Christians. Mm. Um, some of them been around for a, a while. Uh, in walks our 10 people and we were like, oh, yeah, and we started eating and we're like, oh, a bit disappointing those six um, yeah, didn't come. Persians didn't come. And then um, we didn't really know their culture. About 20 minutes into dinner, half an hour after we'd started, we were just about to start the session, and in walked the six with 24 of their friends. <laughs> so there was 30 of them walked 30. through the door and wanting to know about the Christian faith and about who this uh, Jesus really is. And, Good. and and actually we'd even been praying that Matt would have the gift of tongues like yeah. so he could speak Farsi. Because I couldn't, I didn't have a translator. Yeah. So I was. This was all done on faith, really. Like, so thirty guys come in. I got these videos, and I have. And I was just. I prayed, and I prayed. We were praying. I and walked I was, off with the ten English and waved yeah. goodbye to Matt. Yeah. So I was just like, Lord, uh, you know, I can't speak Farsi. They're going to ask questions. So I said, Guys, who speaks the best English? And this guy Sam stands up. He was an English teacher in Iran. And, and I was like, you are kidding me. So I said, can you translate for me? And to this day, so Sam is a born-again Christian now. He gave his heart to the Lord eventually. He translated the gospel for me so much. He's still my translator. And uh, he ended up believing it. He said to me one time, he said, all this time I've been translating this gospel that you've been telling. I'm finding myself believing it. And uh, he gave his heart to the Lord. So from that group of 30 we yep. saw about half of them, 15 or 16, give their hearts to the Lord yep. in a dramatic way. Yeah. Uh, some of them have moved off into Dandenong to work, yep. but about, we still have about 15 or 20 of that group still regularly attending church. Yeah. So, so your Sunday serve, is your Sunday service yep. translated? No. 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 But they, they want to hear in English yep. because on the Monday night, I do a Farsi Bible study. So we often end up uh, discussing the sermon uh, on su- which happens Sunday morning throughout the Bible study, yep. and yeah. and so there, so basically for them the church weekend is Sunday morning and Monday night. Mm. It gets m- mashed together. Yeah. So they get 
all of their questions answered in their own language, and they read the Bible. I bought about 120 Farsi Bibles. They're mm. all gone now. I handed them all out. But um, so they read in their own language and, and pray in their own language. Yeah. So we had one of one of them I became a soldier last year. Got a couple who were adherents, yeah. Um, and yeah, and like I said, more who have just given their hearts to Jesus mm. and are part of our, who are really part of our community. So is your Farsi group done anything with the Brunswick guys? Yeah, we've been there. I think uh, a couple of you went. Colin over. and I sometimes uh, uh, dialogue with regards to Bible studies or songs or stuff like that there. But we did go a couple of times to their uh, Farsi meeting on Sunday, which was great. The only thing is work often conflicts with it. I mean, they're, they, these guys work a lot. A lot of them work, work seven lot, days yeah. a week even. So. Yeah. so, I mean, I know Colin's doing incredible stuff with, yeah. with the Farsi-speaking yeah. community. And, but they love to really being part of our call. Like the other day we were talking about one of the older ladies, um, Wendy, at our church, yeah. one of the young guys, Masood, he... Um, he loves coming to church so he can get his hug from Wendy. Like she's become like his grandma, you know, yeah. and um, it's just beautiful to see the way that relationships yeah. build between people. Well, it's community. Yeah. 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 So those kind of things are just absolutely, they're powerful. Anyway, you asked a question about the vision. We're seeing oh, yeah. a lot of the stuff <laughs> take place. But I want to emphasize it happens because we have worked very hard to kick everything out of the way and put Jesus in charge. Jesus is at the front. The gospel is at the front. What, what did you kick out the way? Oh, now you're asking questions. Uh, look, I think some things were becoming a distractive priority, uh, such as community. So building community, I think, was a distraction. Uh, whereas when we started preaching the gospel and inviting the Holy Spirit to create a sense of family in the church, uh, people started to realize that community immediately gets created by God. That will be a result of yeah. rather a result than the focus. Of. So we've got this incredible family atmosphere, which people don't forget. Mm. Like we're, we're, yeah, we're no by, we're oh, by well, no means. Thanks for interrupting. <laughs> That's what you've got to do with <laughs> you. You just keep talking. Um, yeah, we're by no means a perfect place. Like you walk no, in no, and no, I describe I as, as we're a real... Um, dysfunctional, beautiful family. Functioning. Functioning, <laughs> dysfunctional, functioning family. We're, like, as, we're what, as dysfunctional functioning as you can get. Isn't yeah, that that's right. Yeah. We're, it's just very real. But isn't that what it's meant to be? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think so. And I think that, I love that, it. That's it, one of the things that when it, when it becomes, we, you know, it's so predictable and, you know, who's going to do what and when they're going to do certain things. I think that's when it becomes... We become boring, yeah. I think, and there's, there's kind of a loss of that. Yeah. One of the just a, a couple of podcasts ago, I spoke with a guy, uh, Matt Lewis, and his wife Jackie Lewis. They're the I met them the, other the core leaders yes. in Maroubra, oh, Maroubra, Eastern Beaches, and and they're having the same kind of thing. They they just build it. They, they didn't sort of build community and then share the gospel. They're sort of sharing the gospel and community mm. is being built. Yeah. And I, and I, I think it's a different. We we have this sort of catch them mentality and then try to convert. Yeah. Sort of thing, not convert, but we then we now we're sort of seeing people. So actually, we we have all the um, the resources we need in the gospel, and that that actually creates yeah. community for people but, as well. Sorry, go on. But I, I would say just I don't want to make it about me, but I, I've got that wrong over the years. I know I can look back now. I think and we say, all have Matt. where we we sort of let's just get everyone in together, and then we'll try and do something from that. Where yeah. it becomes ingenuine because they're saying, "Well, no, that's not what you got us here for." Uh, we, we go the other way. Anyway, that's the only mistake I've ever made yeah, as a corporate. The only one. <laughs> You're brilliant. Um, 
That's good. Yeah, I was saying That's because Claire's we've... coming behind you all the time <laughs> and you've never recognised you. Claire's been cleaning up for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. No, uh, I think in our ministry we just make sure that uh, we. this is one thing we have purposely done. You said, what have we done? We purposely made sure that everything that we were doing, and I know this sometimes gets said, but it doesn't always get done. Everything had to have um, the gospel at the forefront, like, okay, we're doing mainly music. Is is the gospel, you know, the f- main focus of mainly music? And it wasn't, um, and we and we made it so. Um, and and our big, uh, Laverton mm. Outreach came out of that. And, yeah, everything we say, if it doesn't have this gospel focus, then... It's gone. It's, and even, so we, we even started to clarify what the gospel was. So the, the word gospel was in, in the beginning, uh, like in, in our early time at the core. So words like salvation, uh, forgiveness, pardon, the gospel, those kind of things were being used, that words were being used, but they were the, their meanings were being assumed. So um, we began to explain, even in mainly music, what that gospel is, that we are, we are sinful people. And we started telling people that we are sinners. And, uh, you know, we are under the condemnation of a holy law. But Jesus, in his goodness, his grace, the kindness of our Father, uh, removes all of that. And if we put our trust in him and humbly come before him, repenting of the sin that's in our hearts, he can, you know, give us the peace and joy that God promises. So we began to explain what those words were. And you're not going to believe it, but in the beginning there was conflict. It, it was almost like it was a taboo issue. That, yeah. And, I, well, I actually would believe it. I, I would actually find it more unbelievable if there wasn't any conflict. Yeah, well, I mean within the church and Salvation Army circles, like we found some conflict. and we. But it was bringing such fruit so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we, grew, we almost grew too quickly that too we couldn't quickly. keep up with it. So, which, I mean, they say sometimes happens in the life of a church. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we did see that too. We couldn't quite keep up with the growth that was happening when we started. And then we had a whole yeah, bunch of new problems. That. Yeah. But like, I just, I want to, uh, maybe that's what the Lord wants to bring into this po- podcast is that the gospel works. It works. It's, it's always been successful. I think the problem is that we so often water it down and start chiseling away at it because we think it's unpalatable. But it bears the fruit that it promises. And uh, we have certainly seen it. God has proven himself and the power of his word over and over again. I mean, I think so an example that when we, I talked about mainly music before, I just think we added in um, some extra God songs to mainly music, which so was controversial. So they still do uh, Fingers Underneath the Lycra? I don't know no. that fingers one. No, don't know oh. that one. Oh. Um, missing out. I don't think and it's And I, I almost got in trouble from... Somebody at Mainly Music for doing, I think we had too many God songs. Um, but I kept doing it anyway. And we also began to sing about Jesus, not just Well, we started saying grace and we started doing lots of different things at yeah. Mainly Music. Um, and one of the women who I'd kind of become friends with, she's actually one of my best friends right now. She's got Eli right now as we're doing this podcast. I kind of said to her, have you noticed that, you know, we may be doing a few more God songs like at Mainly Music and doing a few things differently. And I knew she'd be honest with me, even though our friendship was very um, in its early stages. And she said to me, Fiona, people are coming to a church for this program. We're going to expect to hear about God. And I was like, yep, you're right. Yep, that's good. People aren't stupid. No. I think sometimes we we don't give them enough credit. Mm. Um, 
just to wrap it up. Already? What, we just yeah, got here. No, it's, no, we've got other things to do. Uh, what? So this is predominantly a podcast for people exploring ministry, obviously. Yep. And there will be people listening, and as this is the last one for the year, who will be then packing up their stuff, including Alice, and heading off to college. I don't the want edge. you to... The edge, yeah. <laughs> the college is not the edge. Is no, that what you're I saying? Mean Alice. Alice, Alice, the Alice, the edge. Yeah. What What do you say to people to prepare for a ministry? Not for college, because mm. college is part of you know. I understand all that, so leave that part out. But people that are leaving their jobs, moving from homes, moving from communities they love, how do you prepare for a full time of ministry? In all your wisdomness, Ooh, you can answer first. What you got, darling? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll probably just m- maybe just generally or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, look, I think for anybody that's really serious about the kingdom of God, when we were driving over, we had this conversation about how the kingdom of God, as we've been officers, has become more real. Uh, like the spiritual warfare, the fact that there's a hell that's fighting for the souls of men and women, and the fact that there's a heaven that gave us a savior. I I think that's become more and more real to me. Um, and I would say to anybody who's really willing to take that seriously, learn your Bible. Biblical illiteracy will cripple you in ministry. I'm absolutely certain that the most successful, and by successful I mean according to the kingdom of God, the most successful ministers... Uh, for Christ are those who know his word and believe his word. I think what I'm seeing, uh, not just throughout the churches, but in the Salvation Army, is a gross biblical illiteracy that's crippling our ability to see fruit. Uh, So anyone who really takes it seriously, get to know your word, uh, the word of God, because it changes everything. It can it can change any human heart. It can alter the outcomes of any situation. Uh, demons and devils are afraid of it. Uh, God honors it. He vindicates his own word. It will bring life and fullness to your ministry. It will grow your faith. The word of God, you can camp out on it, stick your feet in it. And that's what I'd suggest to anyone. Um, get to know it and believe it. And you'll become more powerful as a result of what the Holy Spirit will do with you. Thanks. What about you, Fiona? I think that was good advice. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think taking that as number one uh, to know the word and then just to be um, fearless in, in living it out, not to ever be afraid, not to ever feel underqualified, not to ever think, I don't know what I'm doing, even though you will. I think that, you know, numerous times in my life, or just not even in my life, you know, during my year, Um yeah, just to be bold and to to live out that gospel, to live out those words of Jesus that mm. you read and to, yeah, speak them out, live them out, do whatever you need to do to show them and, and not to be afraid to do it. Yeah, good. Well, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks so much for our, having us. Continue to pray for the Hobson's Bay Corps. Yes, please. Do. And do for that. its community and for the clown at Christmas. Yes, oh. the Christmas clown. <laughs> and we'll, we'll keep praying for you. I do pray for you and your candidate's job and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Hope that people will get ready for mm. more officership. Ministry. I want to see more officers yeah. that love God, live for him. Good. 
just a reminder, this is the last one for the year. So uh, have a safe new year. We look forward to catching up with everyone again in February. You can go to the iTunes account and have a look at the previous episodes and we'll be back uh, early in Feb. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Fiona. Can I suggest something maybe a little bit different? Sure. Just because it's the close of the year? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, no. I knew you were going to do this. Oh, we should have done it. You're right. I was just going to say, can we pray for, yep. for some of the people, especially candidates? Yes, oh, we can. Is that all right? Yep. yep. Let's, let's pray for these guys that are considering ministry. Father God, we thank you so much for the blessing of knowing that you are a loving and holy God. We thank you for the Lord Jesus who gave himself entirely so that we might have life and freedom. Uh, Lord, I pray for any person that's seriously considering um, your voice, the voice that calls us into sacrifice and service, the voice that calls us to live and die for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for any people that are listening, um, that are considering full-time ministry as officers in the Salvation Army. Lord, I pray that you would bless them with faith. Bless them, God, with devotion to your word and to your truth. Uh, I pray that they would be unwavering in what the cross and the gospel itself states, that we are sinners, but Lord, we can be saved gloriously to know you personally. I pray, God, that you bless them. Lay your hand on them and anoint them with your spirit for what you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for the opportunity, buddy. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?